When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant tommy do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the Walzer world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finished number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Chris is here, uh, first-time guest, and I'm going to ask him the traditional question in a minute, but sometime during this episode... Oh, you're not, we're not going to introduce the cameraman? He that's said very, he was Kev, really That's Kevin quiet. Bubach. Kevin Bubach, 5 Eyewitness News. Kevin, good to see you. Legendary oh. photographer. So for those listening, because we don't have a, visual, a video stream, we're also recording this and taping it for part of a 
in-depth interview as to why Tom Bernard's so crazy. But before we get to that, oh, the tradition nice on Car Selling Secrets is we have our guests tell the story of the very first car they had. So, And you Ooh. can make up whatever you want as, as long as it's a good story. <laughs> well, Wait a minute. Hang on. News people never make anything up. Go ahead. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, so let's see. Not the first car I drove because I won't count my parents' cars. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so that would be a 1984 Chevy Cavalier. That was Picture just last that. year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a couple years before that. Uh, that was a lovely um, oxidized, faded, uh, kind of a navy blue type color. Typical early 80s Chevy. Yeah, the paint the, lasted sometimes months yeah, well, before it just started to deteriorate. It had a really nice red pinstripe that ran right down the side that was a little faded, too, like the rest of it. Uh, I took that car to college. Now, did it have a bench seat in the front? No, it had uh, bucket oh, seats. Oh, yeah, the sport Ooh. buckets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which sport some buckets. people preferred the bench seat, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, For the drive-in? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I knew what you meant. Yeah. I did, too. We made it work. <laughs> Remember, I didn't start driving until I was 21, so I, I don't know about that. You didn't so really? Did, did the car Couldn't survive your college years as well? Or? It almost got, the, the interesting thing about that car is it almost got stolen. Because somebody um, steal a celebrity? Yeah, I know, right? So uh, Would we you lived park in, this... in the field of Yugos. Or... <laughs> Ooh, there you go. I think it was a matter of convenience, not <laughs> okay. uh, wanting the luxury of a 1984 Chevy uh, Cavalier. So some people we lived next to our college house, which was a dump. It when it snowed outside, snow actually would come in at the at the baseboards of the house to, to paint a picture of the quality of living that we were in. No, wait a minute, not under the door, but under the. Yeah. Mop boards? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was, it was quite a place. Yeah. <laughs> Where was this? This was Huron, South Dakota. Ah. Oh, basketball. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They were playing basketball. And uh, so anyway, my, I lost my keys. I never lose my keys. I'm not a key-losing person. Mm -hmm. I consider myself better organized than that. It's Always. starting to sound like a, a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. <laughs> He's a key loser! He's not a key loser! <laughs> exactly. Always been, exactly. Like, always been like that. So my keys disappeared, and I was like, what in the hell is going on? I, and so... Uh, you know, we, we'd have a, 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 a person or two over every once in a while at the mm -hmm. house. Um, I thought maybe somebody walked off with them, and, and who knew? I wasn't all that worried about it. I couldn't find them for two days, and uh, a local policeman showed up over at our house, which is never really a great scene when you're a college student either. And, uh, well, it turned out that the, these girls that would live next door, who were high school girls, they were planning on stealing the car what? and running with it across country to get out of town. <laughs> Were their what? names Thelma and Louise by <laughs> yeah. any chance? Yeah. yeah, there you go. You yeah. are older than you look. Yeah, it's, this it's is crazy. in Huron? Yeah. What? I mean, listen, I love Huron, but I know there are probably some who wanted to get out of there, but I'm not sure that... That's yeah, odd. One of the girls ratted them out, so there was a snitch. Oh, okay. And so one of the snitches went to went to the uh, police, and so that's how I ended up finding my keys. Got the cop walks back, hands me my keys. I'm like, thank you, officer. Is this an answer or a pitch? Oh! I mean, this is... This is great storytelling. It is good storytelling. You, you, you know, you usually don't get your money's worth quite like this. No, I know. We've we've asked this 120 that. times, and usually it's like, yeah, I had a Honda. <laughs> right. Yeah, stretch, stretch. <laughs> but now you guys are going, okay, wrap it up. We got yeah, other things yeah. to get no, to. No, no, that's Not fine. at all. Not at all. <laughs> that's people, it. That's, people that's, like those stories. That's the, that's the story. Does that, so Alex's or, her, or his better? 
Well, Alex is is the most unusual because everybody else's stories yeah. is like yours. It centers around what would be a five hundred dollar car, and yeah. Alex is going. See, my first car, I can't remember. Was it the Jag or the Audi? <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> wow! He's like well, the boy. cake eater sessions. <laughs> <laughs> But I get it. You know, Dad does well, and you're the daughter, and daughters always get the, the good stuff. Andy had it. What was that car? You had that big black kind of station wagon looking thing. What was that? Station wagon. Chrysler. Oh, one of those. Oh, there was a Charger, but that wasn't mm. my first. My first was the Durango. Oh, it was the Durango. Yeah, Pretty good car. Nice. Yeah. And then I had the F-250. Because we lived so on a farm. So you're really into fuel-efficient vehicles. Yeah. Huh? yeah. What, do you, Dad, what do you get that gets like six exactly. miles to the gallon? I think that F-250 was my least favorite thing I've ever driven. Because it, it, if there's any ice in the country, you hit those brakes and you're going to be skidding for a good city block. Oh, yeah. 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 That was is that the true. car that slid sideways when you went into the coffee shop? No, that was my Jeep Compass. Oh, that's right. It was a Compass. Well, that was I was parked on a hill in, at Walgreens, got in the car, started it up, and I just started sliding to the left. You see like, those videos on the news from time to time, school <laughs> right. buses going yep. sideways oh, yeah. down yeah. a sheet of yeah. ice. Yeah. And I was like, well, wow. I can't do anything about this, so let's see how it plays out. Because well, you can't. You can't do anything. I, I had the pleasure of being the sober driver of the car that was unsafe at any speed. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what kind of friends did you have? Uh, you know, they, uh, they were looking out for number one. And, Gee, uh, that's unusual. You know that, it, but you know what? It was retribution, as far as I'm concerned. I made the mistake of being sober a few times. Yeah, you can't do that. I don't never do you, that again. Not when you're in high school. And you were forced to drive a Corvair. Is that what you're getting? I at? was forced to drive a Corvair, and uh, sometimes in the middle of winter. And uh, you know, it's uh, it was true though. It was. You, I mean, if you dared, you didn't want to make a daredevil move like try to make a left turn. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that. No, oh God, you no, don't need no. that. You're asking for trouble. So you stayed sober. That's a good thing, man. Yeah. Well, I learned the hard way. You learned the hard way about it. You know, I quit drinking on my 21st birthday. Did you know that? No, I didn't know you then. I drank from the time I was 11 to 21, and then I quit drinking at 21, and then started again at 29. No kidding. My old 20s, I didn't drink. That was weird. And that's normally when most people do yeah, their best that's, drinking. That's prime time right yeah. there. Did I ever tell you what Louie Nanny asked me? Uh-uh. He goes, so, Tommy, i got to ask you a question. Like, I know you haven't had any, you know, you don't drink for the last 10 years, and I know when you were young you didn't drink then either. So, well, like, what was the big difference between you when you drank and when you didn't? And I said, well... When I drank, I was an even bigger prick. <laughs> and he started laughing. I thought he was going to choke Because he agreed with it, apparently, is, is why he was laughing. He was but, setting you up to get that answer, Yeah, he right? was definitely setting me up. There's no question about it. But, yeah, I don't know why. I just, at 21, I'm like, eh, I've had enough of this for a while. He Stop probably, smoking and drinking. He probably kind of connected with that. You know, up in the Sioux, they... Oh, yeah. They drink plenty up They can there. have a cocktail up in the Sioux. Lou oh, from yes. the Sioux, baby. No doubt about it. Uh, what's is that where he's from, Sioux St. Marie? Yep. He is a Lou from the Sioux. I've never Absolutely. met him before. He seems like a, just you never a great met Louis? guy. No. I will call him and have him on Car Selling Secrets. That'd be he's awesome. so awesome. Oh, Louis's a great guy. But Francine's a much better person than Louis. That's always the case, right? <laughs> That's yeah. always the case. I don't though. think I've seen Louis in a couple years. More than a couple. Oh, more than that, I don't even know the last time. My favorite thing about Louis is that, that little side S that he's got. Jesus Christ. I love it when he <laughs> kind of the lateral slide. <laughs> yeah, kind of got that, yeah. that deal going. But great family, though. Really, really nice. Louie, Danny, all his family. Yeah, let's get him in. That'd be really cool. Now, he'd come in and do it. Absolutely. Cool. Maybe get uh, 
Uh, maybe we get the whole family to come in. About 15 of them come on. Nice. He's got a lot. I got a big family. Got no a squad. About that. But Tino and I are really, really good for You should get Tino in sometime. That's okay. about why he had a parrot on his shoulder when he was the goalie for the kicks. <laughs> remember? Do you remember that? The promo pictures? He always had a parrot on his shoulder. I don't know what that was all about. Who are we going to put a parrot on their shoulder here? Chris Eggert. Oh, that's right. I'll do it. Yeah, already, <laughs> I already got the pick leg thing going. I might as well. Well, that's, why, that's well how it came up. The, no, that's exactly why. I might as well complete friends. the pirate look. You go ahead and tell them why we're talking about this. Because I said on the show this morning, I was, I was talking to, was I talking to you yeah, and Herbeck. We were talking about uh, Chris coming in. And Herbeck, too. I was talking to Herbeck about it, too. I said when you come in, I was going to need you to put a parrot on your shoulder and take your leg off. <laughs> take up. I've thought about that as a backup plan for when this TV thing finally burns out, which I know it'll happen any day. Any day now. Any day this week, for that matter. But (laughs) I'm like, uh, grow a beard, get a parrot, just be the the, the pirate guy for for things. (laughs) Captain Morgan. There you go. Except real. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Looking for buried treasure. That'd be phenomenal. That'd be magnificent. (laughs) So, Chris, let me ask you, how did you get into broadcasting? What was the journey from college? And what did you study in school other than girls? I was an athlete, so I went into school uh, thinking that I was going to stay into, like, sports medicine or get Mm -hmm. into something like that and stay in the the field. Um, But about two years into college, I had a, a family friend who worked at a local radio station, KOKK. Kook? K-O-K-K. Uh, K-O-K-K, 12, 10 a.m., Dakota's country. And uh, uh, he went to give us a tour God, of the oh, tour of the station. Those are terrible callers. Uh, it's like, like KKK is not much better, yeah, right? right. It's, it's, Jesus. It's right there on the... Um, <laughs> it is, exactly. So, uh, yeah, he had me go to the TV station, or the radio station. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And he goes, well, actually, we're, we're looking for part-time people to, you know, be DJs. And I'm like... Really? What, what, what kind of qualifications do you have to have? I don't know. You got a pulse? I mean, that's yeah. about where it's radio. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, need ears yeah. so we can put the headphones yeah. on. Well, yeah. according to Wikipedia, the station's current motto is the station that grows on you. <laughs> oh, my. That's like Nebraska. KOKK grows. That's shameless. Oh, it is extremely shameless. Nice outfit. <laughs> nice outfit you got there, Edgar. The guy who, uh, who brought me on board there is a general manager now, so. <laughs> I love it. The station that grows on you. I'm going to have to give him crap about that one next time I see him. I'm guessing it was on purpose. There's some good length to this radio. That's right. Jesus. throbs with excitement. They did have a very large (laughs) coverage area. They did. Glad to hear it. Yes. I'm happy to hear that. So did you like radio? I loved radio. Yeah. It's pretty great. I mean, to this day, I still think back about it very romantically because it felt like it was looser. Um, It was... It was just more comfortable for me. Um, but at some point, I got pushed, you know, well, you should do a TV internship. And I did yeah. that. And I was like, well, gosh, this is pretty cool, too. Yeah. And so then I kind of went that direction. I continued work. I worked full-time radio. I was a full-time employee at that radio station through college for three years, I guess. Or I would have been two two years full-time there. Um, and then got out of that, you know, graduated. And was like, well, I guess I'm going to take a TV job. So. Yeah, decided to go that route. Neither one of them paid much at that point. So, As yeah, opposed to the not. huge salaries everybody makes the day in the, yeah. in the radio business. Well, t- any, anything, any, particularly in broadcasting, starting out, you're, not, you're paid yeah. nothing, right? you gotta, right. you got to love it. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to do it. You're not doing it for money. I took flying lessons probably 30-some years ago, and my flight instructor was my age, and 
his day job was a pharmaceutical rep. So uh -huh. he's doing pretty good in the yeah. early '80s. He's making sixty or seventy grand a year, which is that was yeah. you know it's okay today. It was really good back then. And one day he goes, well, I'm going to be leaving in another month. I just got because the whole game to become an airline pilot is you have to go through all these levels and rack up enough hours yep. so you can get to the bigs. And his dad flew 747s to. Uh, Japan, which is like the ultimate job. You work yeah. 10 days a month yeah. and you make a lot of money. Right. So he goes, yep. Yeah. I said, so are you going to be making the big dough now? And he goes, no, I'm selling everything because I'm going from 70 a year to 13.5. Oh. The first officer with Great Lakes Aviation, which is where I that's, that's less. That's about what I made for my first TV reporter yeah. job. 13.5, baby. And I wasn't And if you planes. made a mistake, you didn't kill anybody. <laughs> right, exactly. So, oh, but, but I, I, he's still a friend, and I see him come through the airport every every once in a while. I hear this voice at MSP, Mrs. Sprinthal, how are you? It's like, oh, Wakefield, you son of a oh, bitch, where funny. are you? So, but I assume the same he's making kind of, more than that. Now? Yeah, he's a, 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 14, a Delta captain, so you know, they're I think that's 150 the two. They're in a bit of a kerfuffle over all that. I think they have yeah. been all summer. Or are they? I think they're in a contract negotiation kind yeah. of period. Yeah, they so. are, yeah. I don't. Did they strike? I don't think they struck. They were they? out doing Do informational pickets. Yeah, I think right. a couple months ago. Oh, but. okay. And they're not, you know the airlines are there's a huge pilot shortage right now, yep. and a lot of the old guys are retiring, and there's not a lot of stuff. Well, that's in, the other guy's the points. Like yeah. we're getting overworked. We're not. Yeah. yeah. We're not getting the rest we're supposed to get, which is huge, right? You're, I don't want a tired pilot. No. <laughs> no. No, that would not be good. Kind of dozing off at the wheel. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be wonderful. No question about it. I'm going to make myself tired. I Honest to God. That. You, that was very convincing yeah, when you did that, that I'll tell good. you. Like, whoa, man. So did you start out in a small market? You didn't yeah. just land in Minneapolis. Uh, I was so. in Sioux, uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Okay. Nowadays, a fella can probably go from a market that size to this market. It's changed a lot. Really? Yeah. Um, but... Back then, you had to bounce around quite a bit. So I was in, uh, I was in Sioux Falls. Got my first anchor job in Rapid City, South Dakota. I uh, went there to Omaha. I was there where I met my wife. Same TV station that Tom Brokaw was at. at there one you point go. In his career. So I felt really good about that. Absolutely. Because <laughs> uh, he's from South Dakota too. So there were many. And, Many similarities between us. Yeah, well, I've I've been to Boston Gardens, and Larry Bird used to play <laughs> yeah, exactly. there. So, so you know, yeah, same story. Yeah, he can go to yeah. his left. Yep. I yep. can make a left-hand turn. I like, have it's hands. Just right. about the same. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tom Brokaw. <laughs> you ever meet Brokaw? No, but uh, phenomenal guy. One of my phenomenal. One of my mom's um, teachers' aides taught him in in grade school. Like she was his teacher. Oh, really? Yeah. So again, like South Dakota, that's not that's very typical. So you're you're always once removed from somebody. So one of the great things about Brokaw is he. I was invited to have dinner with him one night, and we're sitting there, and you could tell by his facial features whether he agreed with you or not. <laughs> it was it's it was hilarious. He would just his face would change. <laughs> I guess I can see that, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh absolutely. Very very smart guy though. Oh, he did for a sure. speech. He did it. It was um, I can't remember who put the put the thing together, but he did. One of the great things about that is, so I get there. It's a table for eight people. Catherine and I are sitting right next to so your Brokaw's here. I'm here, and Catherine's there. And then originally it said that I was supposed to be sitting where Andy is, and Catherine would be down there, mm -hmm. right? But there were two spots open. 
Uh, so they just moved me next to Brocon, which was great and a nice deal for me. You know why the two spots were open? Because uh, a man and a woman heard I was coming, so they said, we're not coming if he's going to be Are you there. kidding? Are you kidding me? Do you know who that was? Uh, let's True story. think who would be. So they, it had to be a lefty. They refused. Guessing he was a politician. Attend. Good guessing so far. Walter Mondale. You got it. Is it really? Oh, it was that Walter was my Mondale. first guess. My second would have been uh, uh, Al Franken. <laughs> oh, Franken wouldn't have. Yeah, there's no way no. he would go either. That's true. <laughs> he, Walter Mondale bailed because of bailed, you? Uh, United States, Vice President <laughs> of the United States bailed because I was there. <laughs> That's uh, it's hilarious. That happens all the time. Well, I, I mean, probably, probably just figured if, if he sat there, he'd have to have extra Secret Service details. Probably yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. That's, I'm sure that's, that's what it was. a matter of practicality. I think so. matter of he was trying to save the taxpayers some of money. Of course he was. Yeah. Of course he was. That Tom, I'm gonna when we do our interview later, but that's something I want to kind of talk to you about and drill in on a little bit. How did you piss everybody off so much? Well, here, I, why don't we start part of the interview them. right now? I that's mean, that's really it. What well, Chris how, is here to do. How did... How did it all come where, like, at some point you became, like, a public enemy? I, well, because, well, Mike Elfan will tell you that this is how it happened as well. Our program director decided to take the, the station conservative. And I went, is that a good idea in Minneapolis-St. Paul? And he goes, yeah, I think it's a wonderful idea. Do you remember that? I, I never really understood why we uh, went down that avenue. I never did either. I don't think it uh, – it certainly didn't help any of us sleep better at night. <laughs> no, it did not. And, by the way, did he ever take a punch for it? No. I did. <laughs> it's one of those. If you're the face of it, you're going to take all, all Of course. Hits. And then, of course, I have that kind of personality that if you attack me, it ain't going to be pretty. Yeah. So it'll get worse and worse and worse, and that's what happened. Well, I'd always heard that from people. I mean, I my dad lived in the Twin Cities, so I oh, was yeah. in town quite a bit. Um, and I knew KQRS, and I knew who you were. Um, but having just, I don't know, moved back 10, 10 uh, 11 years ago or so now, um, that when I started doing appearances on your show, yeah. um, some people were like, geez, I don't know, if that, is that a good idea? And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, it's he gets political. And I'm like, does he? Because I never really heard you get political. What I've heard you do is called BS on both sides, right? Like Which I just, do. I still do yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't want to be political. I was raised by an ardent uh, Democrat named Toots. My mother yeah, yeah. was a big-time Democrat. And that's why I tell people that I've been a Democrat and I've been a Republican, and I don't really care for either one of them because uh, I don't know anything about you know being a Republican. I'm, I never had enough money to be a good one. And then on the other side, I did not appreciate what the Democratic Party did to me, and therefore I would never think of joining that party again. They were, went out of their way to, to harm me and my family. They did. How so? Uh, by destroying my voiceover career. Really? Oh, yeah. It destroyed my voiceover. It cost me a lot of money, man. Was that based on things that had happened it was on the based air? On the fact, or? Yeah, yeah it was a, because, the, because the show was what it was, they... That went on this big campaign. You can't hire him. It was one of those deals. And your voiceover career, obviously, was like super lucrative, right? Probably still is to some extent. No, not like it used to be. Yeah. Yeah, Tom's been living in a Quonset hut ever since he <laughs> lost that. Why don't you just shut I'm up sorry. over there, Buster I... Brown? <laughs> no, look, I could have just said to Dave, 
Uh, no, I'm not going to do that, but literally I would have had to leave the station. Were you guys number one at that point because you were in the in the run of being number one for so long? Yeah, 35 years I think we were number one. Mm-hmm. Had the highest rated in radio the country, state, right? Highest rated morning show in the country, yeah. And then, of course, uh, you know, whenever I hear a baby crying or something like that, it reminds me of me the day I heard Cumulus was going to buy the station. <laughs> You weren't into it, huh? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> look, look. I love this over here. I'm just going to sit back and watch this. <laughs> See, this is one of those things that I can't, it's just the way I am. I just can't sit back and, and go, oh, I'll just pretend that never happened. No, it happened, and, you know, you ask me about it, I'll tell you about it. That, I don't have any problem with that. What are they going to do? I mean, ownership changes are, I mean, oh. for people who don't get that, Outside of the broadcasting industry, they're largely disruptive for the most part. Oh, because very, very. Every structure that had been set up in that you know broadcast outlet, it pretty much all gets changed. Yeah, the managers get changed. Everything, everything you had, you're almost starting over again. So I'm, I'm guessing that was. Well, now it's different, but when I worked for Disney, they owned the station for what, like 20 years, Mike, something like that. Yeah, yeah. You needed something, you got it. Mm-hmm. They supported everything you did. I mean, the station became so huge because of Disney. There's no question. And then after that, the station fell off because of the, the following two people who owned the station didn't were not committed to winning. They just weren't. Well, then, then you know, eventually, Disney, of course, was the best. Oh, God, it was phenomenal. But, and now I guess it's not that great. Well, inevitably, it couldn't be. Well, that's true. But after Disney, then then come the hedge funds. That's exactly what it was, And when the hedge funds come too. in, yeah. the talent goes out. That's what seems to, you know. I am the last person still at KQRS from that era. Yeah. Everybody else is gone. I'm the last person remaining. So, you know. And December 23rd, I will not be remaining any longer. But Tom here with my good friend, CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, I was out in Maple Grove the other day, saw your new branch that's under construction. It's looking great. Thanks, Tommy. We're very excited to open our new Maple Grove branch in the Arbor Lakes area later this year. Well, the way I do math, that's the sixth North American Banking Company, and you only have five fingers. How'd you get to six? I used my computer. We better not ad-lib. All right, we won't ad-lib. Never mind. People will... Well, you're not that good at it. Oh, yes, that's true. You know, we have locations in Roseville, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. One thing I like about being a North American Banking Company customer is I can do a lot of my banking online or on your mobile app, but sometimes it helps to go in and talk to one of your friendly bankers in person. Everybody loves when you visit, Tommy. We hope to see you in Maple Grove soon. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. I've made some great friends over there. I mean, not Mike, but right. friends. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the great... If you don't mind me talking about that a little bit, I said, I got a guy, I want to come in and do the show. He's very, very funny. He's a good guy, very clever. 
And he, Mike came in and did his interview, and the general manager said, there is no way we're hiring him. That voice is so annoying. I said, that voice is part of why he's so good Absolutely. at what he does. I mean, how do you miss that? It's distinctive. It's, exactly. It's not everything you're going to hear on every other radio well, station, and that was, right? that was the thing, you know, because the morning show, and we talked about this the other day, but we... We had like eight people on a microphone at the same yeah. time, and somehow yeah. it was eight totally different voices. Can you imagine how horrible it would have been if everybody talked like this? Well, that's right. Well, that's yeah. right. Nice but I mean, you never, you. you never had to say, well, now who's that guy talking? Which no, 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 no. Most well, radio shows, if there's two guys, you can't tell the two apart. Yeah, because well, they're both. Yeah, they're pukers. Yeah. Mike really liked it when he worked with Sansevier because Sansevier doesn't need a mic. <laughs> hey, Tom, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, he's got a voice, doesn't he? <laughs> and I'm still working with Sandy. <laughs> You're still working with Sandy. That's so am I, as a matter of fact. Yeah. But, now that was one thing I will say about Hamilton. I, I do believe he was wrong about the politics. I always will. But he did fight for the Gell fans and the Sansevieres, and he said, "No, Tom's right about that. This is not a this is not a disc jockey show." Yeah, you know, he and you never had any problem with Dave at all, did you? No, no, I don't think so. And I don't, Sandy didn't. The only disagreement I ever had with him was was with his his feeling that I would succeed. <laughs> why? Why did he not? Well, I like just thought that? that was ridiculous. <laughs> well, you succeeded. Yeah, but I didn't think I would. <laughs> yeah, but. You know, when my son was 11, he was playing in a basketball tournament, and his mom's, you know, cheering madly from the sidelines. He runs by her at one point, and you could tell this was like the onset of puberty, and he goes, stop encouraging me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those parents. So, you know, it's just one of those deals you, you, you go through. Um, it's just at some point you go, it's time to go, you know. I actually had five more years left of my contract. Yeah, well, that's what I thought. Yeah, I did, yeah. And I went, no, I don't want to. That's good. We're good. Are you, are, are you leaving on Are you leaving on good terms? No. Okay. <laughs> Do I ever, Mike? Yeah. No. Well, I, did, I, I wondered. What fun would that be? No, there would be no. It's, it's ridiculously bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not pleasant at all. It just we have totally different. And, I, you know, look, I'm not, I could just, Go after people like there's no tomorrow. They can do that. I have no interest in doing that kind of thing. But it's just like I would go to them, and Mike can tell you this is true. I'd go to them and say, that is not going to work. It's going to hurt the show. I really don't think we should do that. Let's not do that over and over again. And people go, oh, it's so frustrating. You're always so angry. And I said, I'm not angry. I'm just telling you it's not going to work. And then when it didn't work, Look what you did, Tom. I'm like, what? That's exactly right. You've been down that road. I have. When it doesn't work, it's your fault. I... It's like, what? And then the saddest thing about that is you get the blame, but you never got any of the money. Nope. Why don't you shut I'm up sorry. over there? You <laughs> shot right in the gut. Is it true that they're going to switch formats and go all polka? I don't know. I just start no that idea. rumor. I don't know. They're gonna. I don't know what they're going to do. It's... I, I assume they'll stay with Brian and Tony and, and Candace for a while, but I, I don't know if they'll do that long. T- I have no idea what they're going to do. Yeah, you'd probably be the last person that would know. Yeah. They're not going to sure tell you true. anything. Well, the, the format of, your, of the show as it evolved, and, and obviously the format of the podcast is, is it's very loose, it's comfortable. Yeah, yeah and so it should it's be. You're having normal conversations, which it makes it easier for, I think, people to listen to. Sure. Um, wh- where did you evolve into that kind of, of a show because I mean when I 
<laughs> when I heard some of your first clips when you're that that cat man. Oh god, that's insane. Fifteen hundred KSTP. Like, you don't even sound like the same person. No. Well, actually, to tell you the truth, I don't sound like my real voice now. I mean, this is my real voice. Yeah. But when I came out of North Minneapolis, I never opened my mouth and got to talk like this. All <laughs> yeah. Time. I mean, I just I just how I talk. So uh, I won't use the word, and you can edit this out anyway. But my very first break on the radio was at 1370 KDAN in St. Paul, which not even there anymore. We were talking about this the other day, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact. And so I did the first break. I said, and I'll never forget, my first break was KDAN 1370. Here's Dolly Parton and Porter Wagner. Phone just blows up. Every line's lit up, and they're just, oh, my God. It's just, I, look how popular I am already. My first break, and everybody loves me. I answer the phone. KDAN, I hear... Get that big N off the air. <laughs> it's like, woo! Yeah, the guy, because I didn't open my mouth and I kind of kind of had that, I, I got yeah. that raspy voice anyway. Yeah. The guy thought I was black and called me the big one. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. Nice start to a career, huh? Right. <laughs> you know, that's well, a Well, there's only one direction you could go. Right, exactly, after that. And I was like... I'll see what I can do for you, sir. <laughs> well, that, that's interesting because um, I was going back listening through audio clips the other day, um, oh, kind of researching the segment and um, listening to your voice evolve. Like when you were Catman on 1500, I mean, it was, it was like really growly. It yeah. was more of what I would, you know, like a Venus flytrap type fellow no doubt about from it. WKRP. No doubt about it. I mean, that's 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 who I saw. And that's the magic of radio too, right? Because yes. nobody really knows until yeah, you they, don't know, yeah. Until they see you. But then at what point did you start to sort of lean on your pipes a little bit more? Because I think the thing that you know yeah. you've gotten all the work with uh with voiceover work is because you've got that like big yeah. throaty you Yeah. Know. Because I did take some voice lessons and stuff to get out and learn how to open my mouth when I talk. Mm-hmm. Cause honestly in my neighborhood it's like, how you doing? How's everything going? Yeah. That's how everybody talks, right? right? But yeah, so I did take some voice lessons from very, very good people, and it all worked out. You know, it, it, you got to make an effort. There's no question. Well, I worked with Dr. Brock. I don't know if you've ever heard of Dr. Mm-hmm. Brock. He's from uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, and he kind of talked like this all the time. He's got that southern accent, not a whole deal, but honest to God, I thought he was God. I really Oh, he, sure. He worked at WCFL in Chicago and then came to KSTP and worked with me there. Yeah. Chuck Knapp, Charlie Bush. I mean, you go back... You know how lucky I was at the first major market job I ever got? I was only 21 years old. Excuse me, I wasn't even that old. I was 20, I think. And here I am working with legendary radio people. I got very, very lucky. And people ask me, why? how did you ever get hired at KSTP? You had very little. I mean, it was a KDAN, and then I went up to Grand Forks. And I know it's hard to believe, but I got fired. Uh, <laughs> laughing up, Sprinthal, you pill. <laughs> but... I called uh, Jim Chanel was the was the program director at the time at KSTP, uh, who became in Chicago. He left uh, as our uh, as our program director and went to on the air in Chicago as Captain Whammo. Oh no! <laughs> oh, and he remembers Captain Whammo. I like I'm the that. one who brought him up last week, right? Oh, that's right, you did. Yeah, yeah. Captain Whammo. I said, "Who's the Whammo. Uh, the name of the guy who gave you the name Catman?" And it was Captain yeah, Whammo. Sure was. Well, it was. Uh, <laughs> 
was even before <laughs> I was born. With a name like that, you would have to be able to birth many, many well, great that's ideas, true. right? And, uh, no question about that. That would go over very well at KOKK. <laughs> yeah, it would. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a certain length to it that would really. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, but in any case. It kind of grows on you. But I do look back at that now, Chris. I really do look back and go, how did I ever get this job? But then I do remember I called Chanel 82 times. 82 times I called him, and he finally hired me to do the Jesus tapes on Sunday. Which, by the way, sounded really good. Here's Jesus. Uh, (laughs) You know, it was one of those. Times 1153. 1153, Jesus hit with you, man. Everything's good. So, but then, uh, seriously, Steve Hatley, he was a guy, unfortunately, oh, God, here's a story. Do you remember the name Steve Hatley at all? Have you ever heard Uh it? He was our midday guy at KSTP back in 1972, 73, when it all started. He uh, came from WHBQ in Memphis, and WHBQ was Elvis Presley's radio station. He used to hang out there every day back in the day, right? So Hatley's coming out once, and Elvis is coming in, getting off his brand-new motorcycle, this beautiful motorcycle. And Hatley walks by and goes, Elvis, man, that's a beautiful motorcycle. Elvis goes, here, you can have it. He gave him his motorcycle. (laughs) Okay. Now, the bad part of that is, a few years later, Steve Atley was killed in a motorcycle accident. Oh, no. So Are there you, you go, baby. Oh Isn't that weird with life? Elvis gave you a motorcycle, and then you died in a motorcycle accident. It's well, not how a, life's supposed to work. There's a it? lesson in that for all of us. <laughs> I guess there is, isn't it? Elvis is God, apparently. Yeah, apparently Elvis is God, exactly. But well, I thought the lesson was don't drive a motorcycle. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that's the other lesson, from. I suppose. <laughs> or don't give anything away. So oh, there are a lot there of you lessons, go. Really. kill. Yeah. No, I mean, look, the, I am very honest about things. I'm not going to tell people, oh, no, everything is all right. Well, it's not. I'm not going to do that. But... People do need to understand how grateful I am for I just broke through. I should not have ever broken through in a, in a big market, like what was the number, market number 14 at the time or whatever, Minneapolis-St. Paul. Um, I've worked with some great people over the years at KQRS and all the way back 1500 KSDP. Did you hear what Ginny said the other day about mm-hmm. Pill. We're talking to a bunch of people. And I, said, <laughs> I was talking about the time. I, I was at the local Hall of Fame or something or whatever and i was up on stage doing a speech and jenny was out in the, out in the audience and i said uh there's a person out in the audience right now i'm still upset with her jenny hubbard of course because she was only six years old when she fired me and she goes i was two <laughs> which i thought was a great line i love jenny i, I do jenny was great to work for I mean, just the, well, I didn't work for her at first because she yeah. was six years old when I met her. Right. You know, I won't say how long ago that was, Jenny, just in case you hear this, because if I say how long ago it was, they'll know how old you are now. But she's not that old, actually. No, and they love her. They love her on the radio side. Oh, um, God, yeah. She's that's terrific. She's, that's where she's at. I mean, just. She's uh, terrific. And Dan you know. Seaman, her guy, does a really good job, too. And again, if I didn't like him, I'd tell you, I don't care for those people. Yeah. But they do. They, they were great to work with and for and all the rest of it. I mean, there's a possibility someday I might end up over there on the podcast side of things, too. Sure. I've talked to them about that before. They do a terrific job with that, you know. Yeah, they've really embraced that, which they I think is smart. I mean, Joe Souchere is killing it, which mm-hmm. is great to see, you know. I, I And Joe's a great guy, too. But I, I do want to emphasize that, that I do have that, that side to me where I'm not going to lie. But I also have a side I'm very, very grateful for everything that happened, all the people that I've met, every place I've ever worked. I mean, to be at a radio station for 30, well, it would be, April 16th, it would have been 37 years. 
So it'll be just a few, about 90 days short of, of uh, 37 years. That doesn't happen. No. It used to back in, like, you know, Boone and Erickson, I think, were around for, what, 34 years, something like that? Somewhere in that ballpark, anyway. I mean, yeah. That was the first thing I heard when we moved to Minnesota in 1971. Yep. Oh, yeah. Coming in from Old Claire, my dad turned on CCO. I'm like, who? Where are we? And I'm from Massachusetts. (laughs) Moving out here in January, I'm like, did I do something what wrong? What happened, right? Right. Well, Dad, are you running people, from the law? Why do they talk funny? <laughs> you know, I want to ask you a question about this because I feel the same way about radio, and I want to get your take on television. Um, when I left and moved to New York in 1978, I think it was, 1978, I think we moved to New York, um, I turned on the news in New York City, and I went, this news is dreadfully bad. I mean, it's just bad. Because the only places I'd ever been, spent a lot of time, was living in Minneapolis and, and in Chicago. The two best TV markets in this country. Chicago and Minneapolis are the two best news. They are. Do you know any better? Uh, well, I, I mean, everything's subjective, right? Like, you know, what, what, what's the best? It's almost like saying what's the it's best real, city. It's real. Well, I, there's something to people have always considered uh, both Minneapolis and Chicago is very desirable. Oh, no um, doubt. The people who work in those cities in the broadcasting industry and in TV, like they're, uh, you know, top shelf type talent and, um, you know, re- really, uh, you know, and you look at somebody in New York who's a, I mean, it's much higher up on the market size and I'm sure a lot more money too. Um, you know, I don't really know why New York is never. Because it's the number one market, and when I by far, and when yeah. I was just out there this spring, and I was watching their news, and um, you know, I couldn't look at what was happening on the screen there, and and look that anything they were doing was, you know, distinctively different from anything that we were doing with things right. here. Um, I, you know, I just think there's more people there, obviously, and so you're you're impacting a bigger population of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. It's. I never thought much of New York either. I was like, well, I'll be what's the big you. deal? Cause yeah, Dave Moore was one of the greatest yeah. newscasters of all time. There's no doubt about that. But the Don Shelby's of the world and the Ron Majors and the Paul Majors. Yeah. and the, I mean, there were so many great ones in this market. And in Chicago, you had all these great people. I go to New York and I tune in. Hey, good evening. Great having you with us. I'm like, what the heck? This is New York, isn't it? I, I do know that in, in the industry, people like picking people from Chicago and, and oh, Minneapolis yeah. oh, because yeah. they have a, a dialect that's it, it's usually not very regional. It's just it's very natural. And that's, yeah. I, you know, I slip into my Minnesotan and my South Dakotan every once in a while, too. <laughs> but for the most part, I know that was Brokaw's big deal when, yeah. when he kind oh, yeah. of broke yep. on yep. was just because of his, you know, the way he talked. It didn't sound like he was from every, anywhere. He had a lot. What uh, was it, the R that he had, had a problem with? Uh in the L's, the L's, yeah. yeah. Oh, was it L's? Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah, yeah. he had that problem. Maybe that was a bad example to draw from, but he. No, that, but he was. Yeah. He, he, he had such a distinctive voice. Phenomenal, right? And just brilliant man, great guy. The whole whole shoot match, but I mean that's the whole thing that I, that I'm kind of when I leave on December 23rd, and I don't know that I'm going to last that long anyway because. Yeah. You know, they're going to at some point come to me and go, you know what, maybe you should just stay Well, it's home hard now. to not get the short-timer thing, right? Like, when you know you're leaving. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, good for you, kids. Any, anybody, <laughs> I've, anybody who I've ever known who was, 
you know, heading out somewhere, it's hard to keep the same level of concentration. It's hard to keep the yeah, same level is. of enthusiasm because you're like, well, I'm in, in X, XYZ, I'm going to be gone from here anyway. But, of course, it's radio, and radio, you know, every day is your last day. No, that's, that's true. It has been in a lot of jobs I've had. <laughs> I know that. Well, but. I mean, I was there 25 years, but yeah. I I never, you know, like, every time I stuck took out my fob, uh, I, I, know. I, I was never absolutely convinced it would open the door. I know. <laughs> I know exactly what you're my saying. My favorite but. story is the one Moon tells about when he... Oh, I love Moon, too. We've, Great got, we've all become really good friends, and he's starting out... 17 years old, working at the local station. And part of his job was he had to do the crime report. So he'd go down to the police station, get the 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 docket, and then kind of report on it. And the final story he did was, and uh, police have issued a warrant for the arrest of Larry Thompson for possession with the intent to distribute marijuana. This is Larry Thompson reporting. (laughs) (laughs) It took me a second. I forgot about about <laughs> Drove right down and fired him on the spot and what then hired him back a year later. Yeah. It's pretty funny. What a great guy. That, that's another thing I will tell you. You know, working we're working with the Hubbards. They have hired people from other markets like Moon that have come in and just killed because he's very, very good at what he does. I mean just he's terrific. Ginny's been pretty good at hiring people over the years. There's no doubt about it. Don't don't tell her I said this. Yeah, I, I, I'll never hear the end of it, you know. I, I generally try to avoid anybody with the last name Hubbard's office in any way, shape, or form. Not Ooh. because I don't, just because in, in a perfect world, they're doing their thing and I'm doing my thing. I'm 20, maybe still 19. You know that one hall, that, that one set of stairs that used to be, it's just before you get in a newsroom, you open a door, you go up the stairs, then you open another door. Yeah, that place is it. a maze. Yeah, it is a maze, it's a, right? Yeah. So I'm in a big hurry to get to my buddy's house. I already know what's about what's going to happen here. Uh, so what I used to do is I used to run down the stairs and kick the door open, take a right, kick that door open, and just head down the hallway, right? I kick the first door open, go down, kick the door. It goes about six inches and stops. I open the door, and it's Stanley Hubbard Sr. Ooh, with yeah. a cigar smashed against his face. Famous. <laughs> Famous for his sense of humor. <laughs> oh, he did. He did not have a sense no. of humor about that. And I literally, honestly, got, oh, sorry, I'm just the janitor here. Because he didn't right. know who the hell I was. Chris Eggert. <laughs> yeah, my name is Chris Eggert. Do you, say I, do you see that guy kicking doors? I just uh, tried to catch him, yeah. but he ran away. From ran away. I don't know why. He hit somebody I... else downstairs, too. <laughs> April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain at... Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finished number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Well, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then, the chips will be aplenty. That's it, exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? 
Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant you know remember the old story about when they decided to fire cannon Oh, yeah. Cannon was, uh, I guess he was, well, he would have been, he wouldn't doing the morning show then, right? He was on mornings, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So he knew, he knew that, that Stanley came in, you know, like about 10 minutes after the morning show ended. No. So they tried to fire Cannon for like four months, <laughs> but he always got out the door faster than oh, Stanley yeah. got in. Cannon was damn good. And again, look at the talent in this town. Yeah. Cannon was one of the best afternoon guys I've ever heard. I never heard him in the morning. Maybe he's really good in the morning, too. But, I mean, yeah, I still, my favorite is you could tell after you got to know Cannon. Did you ever meet Cannon? No. Phenomenal talent. But he had his, uh, what was it, uh, Morgan Monday and his character that he played all the time, right? So <laughs> he's doing a commercial for Christmas. It's time for, gang, it's time for uh, Christmas dinner. And if you're going to look it over, you want to take a look at uh, – what was the big the, the the ham place again? Honey sliced or honey baked? Oh, honey, oh, baked. Yeah. honey baked. Honey baked. Yeah. You're asking a Jewish guy about the, the yeah. Ham why am I asking hey, a Jew about ham? Who would know more? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Know thy enemy. Hey, yeah, exactly. No, it's not our enemy. I mean, forbidden know. fruit. The so forbidden the fruit is it? Yeah. I don't know who wrote the copy, but the cannon's live on the air, and he goes. Yeah, more. We're gonna get together. Family's gonna go down the honey baked ham. Gonna pick one up and go home. Morgan, I don't know if you know this or not, but their hams are spittle sliced. It <laughs> <laughs> was a pause. And he goes, uh, Ken, let me ask you a question. You say spittle sliced. <laughs> and he just went on and on about spiral becoming spittle, which I thought it was yeah. very, very. But you could tell he was livid the whole time. Oh, I'm sure. You had to know him to know how pissed off he was about that, though. It was a... Uh, so spittle sliced, huh, Steve-o? You remember what Cannon said? What? Calvin Griffith said, 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 oh, you know, I, I really, I, I, I can't stand that that Steve Cannon, but I like Morgan Monday. I like Morgan Monday. That's right. <laughs> same person, but you know, other he that. really didn't know it was he didn't the same know. person. It was Calvin. Oh, I've never me. met uh, the former owner of the team. Calvin was quite the. Figure. I heard he was a character. He was definitely mm -hmm. a character, but you know. So uh, this is off topic a little bit, but you're talking about advertising and reading, reading, yes. reading live copy and, yep. and how that is. I mean, the, you you pretty much have, for the most part, unless it's an endorsement type thing, you get to like deviate from, yeah, the script. But you're wanting you're yeah, trying to hit. Doug well, that's day. what I'm talking. I want to ask you, Doug. Um, at one point when you were, you know, trying to get more 
you know, more business? And from an advertising standpoint, did you ever, you know, get into the, you know, the kitschy, corny, kind of goofy type commercials? Or were no, you no, always... We, we, so our strategy was actually totally the opposite of yeah. that. We were trying to... You know, auto dealer advertising is generally horrible because it makes it sound like Toyota's just built the last Corolla in the history of the car. There's a, better there's hurry a, and get it by a, 10 o'clock. There's a formula, right? Yeah. It's yeah. terrible. So when we started out, we were doing scripted stuff, but they were funny and they weren't, you know, it wasn't pitchy. Yeah. And that really resonated. And then um, they fired, Cumulus fired the general manager of uh, the station, a guy named Pete Frisch. And my marketing director was a huge fan of theirs. They flew in, and, and he, we were saber-rattling a little bit. They yeah. flew in the VP from Cumulus to have lunch with us, and it's myself and uh, the marketing director, Alan, and Tom, and the sales rep, Pat Eberts, and then this guy that looks stunningly like um, Mitt, uh, Romney. Mitt Romney. Looked just like him. It was, and it was like 2010. <laughs> and so we're having a nice little lunch, and all of a sudden my friend Alan looks at him and says, look, we love Tom, we love Pat, we love Pete Frisch, and we hate you. So we're going to do live spots on your station, <laughs> or we're going to walk. Yeah. And the guy went right back on his heels, and he goes, well, what do you think? And Tom is like, yeah. fucking A, this is yeah. great. You're right. Um, says, I'm in. And so the guy says, well, I'll have to talk to the program director. And it's like, you're the vice president of the company. You don't have to talk to anybody. So that's really where it started. Yeah. And the strategy is is has worked out really well. I mean, we do have sales every once in a while, but it's like Seinfeld. They're car ads that don't really talk about cars. Yeah. And it's just to, because the KQ listeners are they're so different than almost every other station, to the morning show, they're incredibly lo loyal. Once they feel like they know who I am, and, you know, when you're on the radio or TV, yeah, people think they know you, even yeah. though they really don't. Right. Um, and I shorten my email address. I get... I don't know, 30 emails a week from listeners. Either we screwed something up, which is rare, but I just got yeah. one of those, or they want advice, or what should I do, and well, what do you think? And it's just, and it's because of that. And they always, the letters all start out with, been listening to you and Tom screw around for the last 15 years, uh, <laughs> yeah, and now I go. actually have a question. Well, I think that gets back to, I feel what gives people success in this industry, um, real success, and that's being authentic. Yeah. And I don't think people. You guys were talking earlier about the, you know, the screamers or the, you know, the, the, the guys who were talking like right. that. And I think particularly people in in Minnesota seem to really see through phony very quickly. Yeah, I think that's They're good bullshit um, detectors for sure. And uh, that I've always enjoyed that about listening to the show and listening yeah. when you're on there because you guys are just, you know, shooting the breeze. It's not you're not sitting up there trying to hype. XYZ amount of sales That's and right. this and that and, and whatever. And we know that at any given moment, only 3 or 4% of the population is in the market to buy a car. Yeah. That's about it. Oh, so really? why bore, bore the other 96%? If you just keep them top of mind, I will tell you, I don't keep very many of those commercials, but one that I kept, and this is probably from six years ago. Was I out that day? No, you had Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> in the studio, oh, and you God, called me up, oh, and Gilbert God. starts playing Jew or not a Jew. And he goes, <laughs> Doug, that's not a Jew name. Well, Sprintal, I'd have to see how it's spelled. And it went, I'm like, Gilbert was Don't phenomenal. send this to the Walzers, but it was really, <laughs> and it went on for like five minutes. God, so when you're was, willing, to, like when you're willing like, to do that, yeah, of then course. people go, you know, and some right. people think I'm an a-hole, but most of them are like, they that's, do that's not. pretty funny. Well, everybody, Nobody thinks you're an a-hole. There's always somebody that doesn't like everybody. 
I think they feel like they know you. You which, probably have people that don't like you. Of course. Yeah. Why? Yeah. We don't, I mean, well, for us, we're all partisan, of course. Because yeah. I'm fake news now. Right. I am. Oh, you're, oh, you're the fake news. Media. Yeah, okay. I'm, yeah. I'm fake news. So it was you that threw the election? Yeah. I'm just trying to yeah, make I, it. Okay. I gotta, I we gotta, found him, Mike. I got to add one more line He's to what he one. told you. Yeah. Because you forgot one thing about what that dope said after you, after Alan Crutch went after him. Al, I loved Alan, too, by the way. I, I used to love the guy. He was the one who said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do live commercials, yeah. whether you like him or not. Yeah. And the guy said, he looks at me and says, well, that's not how we do it in Poughkeepsie. <laughs> oh, my God. You don't remember that? No, I forgot that. Oh, my God. I looked at him like, are you pulling my dip? That's the biggest. <laughs> when, when somebody comes in from wearing XYZ, like, how many times over the years I've heard that. Would oh, say, yeah. Was that supposed yeah. to be a homey kind of thing to say? Yeah, probably homey, maybe. You know, I mean, like, yeah. like uh, you know, won't play in Peoria, yeah. that yeah, kind of thing. Play in Peoria. Absolutely that's is what true. that is. Ah, okay. But, you know, that's that's the one thing I will tell you about being on the show for so long. And it's not because Doug is here and all the rest of it. But the fact that Hamilton said, no, that's a great idea. Those commercials sound phenomenal. Hamilton, yeah, I didn't agree with him about the political thing. But pretty much everything else, he nailed it. There's no, I, this is a guy, he had to beg them to hire me because they didn't want to hire me. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm so pleasant to work with. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously, it's just the kind of, right, Mike? Hey, you know, I there's I never wanted to be in radio. I know you didn't. But but there wasn't any other radio station in the world that would have hired me. Why? Uh, because I didn't sound like I was in radio. You're funny for Christ. You're very well, smart, but, funny but guy. Since, I hate being nice. Since to you. when does radio care about that? Well, that's yeah, true. That's a good point. Any industry, I suppose. Yeah, yeah nobody to confuse, some extent. No one would confuse you with Don Imus. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, probably not. Uh, Talk about a voice that doesn't fit the body. Yeah. Just, oh, you want Imus? I got a new. Oh, go ahead, sir. No, no. I, I, just, have, a, I have a new Imus story that I love. Yeah. And I can't say who it was, but might have been somebody I worked with. Uh, Imus is leaving the air, right? He's going to retire. And so my friend, uh, I can't say his name either because he'll get, but I've got a very good friend who's no longer with Cumulus, but he, he, he and I became really good friends. First name is Mike. Last name is McVeigh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so Mike McVeigh and I have become oh, really, really good legendary. friends. Yeah. Oh, yes. Wonderful guy. Mm-hmm. Protected the, the on-air people more than anybody ever, Right. So the new uh, president of the company is going to go with McVeigh to uh, visit Imus and try to talk him into, uh, into staying. And Mike says to him, whatever you do, do not call him Don. You can either call him I-Man or Imus. Do not call him Don. He hates being called Don. How about Captain Whammo? <laughs> yeah, yeah, how about <laughs> Captain Whammo, exactly. So they go in, new president... What a pleasure to meet you, Don. <laughs> and, and Imus looks at McVeigh and he goes, What the, uh, what is that? <laughs> what did she tell him? He goes, yeah, I told him. <laughs> it's just nobody pays attention anymore. I don't know. Why would you do that? Can you explain why uh, you would have done like that? It seems like it's a power move, right? Like That yeah. guy's like, I don't care who you are. Exactly right. Yeah. See, I read it as this, I'm in charge I'll here. Don, I miss you. Want to call me? I'm not going to call you I man. You're, I'm going to say Don. Well, I think that's exactly what it was. I yeah. agree with you. It's a power move. Didn't work out too well because I was saying goodbye. So you I'm know, leaving. talk about the voice thing. Yes, sir. So I'd been on, I'd been on 
the radio station for like a week, right? Yeah. And there was a guy who worked at the station, and he had a really nice voice. Wonderful, smooth radio voice. Lastman? Uh, no, this is another guy who worked there. I don't want to say who it was. Okay. All right. Um, um, nice enough guy, but he comes up to me, and he was obviously not happy that I was there. And I know it's hard to believe. It's a good thing you never told me that. I never alienated anyone. No, I mean, you know, you, sometimes you got to fight your own battles. Yeah, and this guy true. was a lightweight anyway. So let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes up to me and says, oh, I'm getting, uh, this is about the fourth day, so I'm getting calls, man. I'm getting so many calls. They're, Good. You know, I'm get, probably getting, you know, 20 calls already. People, they're asking about you. They're saying, who's this guy with the shitty voice? <laughs> Said Tom Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess he just wasn't. So like, how do you respond to that then? Like, <laughs> exactly. I, I responded you? by being there the next week. That's what I mean. Like, and what, he wasn't. What do you want me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's I, I think uh, anybody who's been around uh, this business for any amount of time realizes too that a lot of uh, there are a lot of middle middle managers who come and go, and if yeah. if if you're valued in your community, you'll be there long yeah. long after. Well, honestly, I thought I was going to be there for a couple weeks and then I'd be gone anyway. So I hired you. How were you going to be gone in two I, weeks? I just did. I you didn't know me very very well then, did you? Oh, I knew you pretty well, but Cause nobody was going to fire you. But, that was uh, not going to happen. But you have to understand, you're you're talking to a self-loathing person. Well, here. that's true. That's a, that's a given. Yeah, that's. So you were disappointed. You weren't fired. <laughs> I just kept thinking, well, who are these maggots who wouldn't fire me? <laughs> when am I going to get what I deserve? Exactly. <laughs> Stick with the narrative, damn it. God, it's unbelievable. <laughs> nah, what the hell? Wasn't that a ball, though, Mike? It's a lot of fun. I will, honest to God, I will never forget that, that when the, the thing started to blow up, Hamilton, he, remember how wound up he got about cool, the rating yeah. and all the rest yeah. of it? But it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And then, you know, Marky Rosen ran for governor, and that thing just blew sky high. And then the twins, and I talk to Herbeck about this all the time. When. We did predict on KQRS before the season started that the Twins would win the World Series in 1987. Well, you, you did. I oh, said they'd I, finish last. You didn't have to tip your hat. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm just saying you you, you saw I it did. coming. I, I, and to the, we were just talking about that this morning. I was talking to Herbeck about that this morning, that I don't know. I just had a feeling that I just liked the way things had come together. Because yeah. it had been there for... I think four years at that point. I think Herbeck first came up in 82, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I said the Twins are going to win the World Series this year. And I you know, stuck to it. And then, of course, Herbeck brought up this morning that the Twins are out of first place now for the first time this season, I believe. Yeah. Well, at and least said, in, in a couple months, I think, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And Herbeck said, well, the same thing happened in 87. And we, everybody thought, well, you know, because they went after me for saying they're going to win the World Series. Mm-hmm. And then they fell out of first place. Or it, Maybe they didn't fall out of first place, but in a tie for first place, something like that. Yeah. It was one or the other about that whole deal. But my favorite thing, I appear on uh, on television doing an interview with Herbeck and Gaetti. Mm-hmm. And Gaetti on live television says to me, man, how did you know we were going to win the World Series? It's unbelievable that you knew we were going to win the World Series. Why did you think that? And I just said, eh, I always think that. I just kind of blew him up. He's like, he's pain in the ass. Uh, it was terrific. That, that, yeah. Again, looking at that, and I don't want to come across as I am ungrateful for KQRS. For most of it, it was just heaven. It was fantastic. And the, but the business, it's not just KQRS or Cumulus or whatever. The business has changed a lot. So they can't be blamed for everything. Yeah. Most things, but not everything. 
Yeah. But don't you and think I love, they, inter- I love entertaining Sprinthal. It's my favorite it's thing. Fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm having the most fun just sitting back and, and, and watching, watching his you. face. Don't you think you're always going to be better off when you have nothing to lose? If I am. Yeah. Mike, you're absolutely right. I, I literally want to be in a situation where I had nothing to lose. And that's I, probably it, not the situation there now. No, and that's probably why it was time for me to go. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. Who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SaberHeating.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift to sell.com because life is expensive enough you know just it's a whole different setup it's a whole different deal and it just yeah there's no question there's some woke politics involved in this too as you know me being an older honky is not real pleasing for some people i don't know i whatever they can do whatever they want to speaking do, but... of honkies we have mike bryant on the phone honky yeah uh first time caller <laughs> Get off my show. <laughs> so, so I, I got I a call for the car guy. So how can I be in St. Cloud and gas is three forty five? dollars And I question. get to Monticello and it's three ninety nine. Yep. What is going on? I, as you know, my <laughs> wife is from Hastings and works there. And when we don't have the kids, we'll often stay in the boat right in the, the, the marina near Hastings. And they've been in a gas war down there for the last six months, and it was three twenty-eight. Wow! So yeah. it's still why, why bad. But wow! I I pitched a story to this for my favorite local news organization, and I, I the don't... CCO wouldn't run it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to my second choice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So they talked about it, and I don't know that it ever got executed. Maybe because there's not a real answer. But I mean. Outstate, we're hearing from all kinds of people, even as far like Buffalo yeah. and Hastings. That's not very far away. I was up yeah. in St. Joseph this last weekend, and it's 40 cents cheaper than it is in the city. And it gives you an idea yep. how much markup's in it because it, yeah. it is a state law that yep. gas, you can't sell gas uh, below cost as a retailer. Below I think six there's cents a, there's a minimum margin that yep. they have to. So that gives you an idea of the, the, Probably the markup. I, I don't know. I'm not a. I don't own a gas station. But yeah. Well, if when you find the twenty cheapest, miles apart and, and a forty yeah. percent difference in price, that can't markup. be the cost of the fuel. Absolutely. Yeah. If you find the cheapest gas in the state, in Minnesota at least, not all states have a law like this, but that's how you're going to find cost basically because the yeah, cheapest gas right. in the state is going to be cost yep. anything above that is markup or you know shipping that kind of thing you know if the gas has to go an additional 200 miles and obviously they're going to be paying extra for shipping yeah. fuel costs that's that right. sort of yeah, thing. yeah yeah and that's but, why i said if they're in 30 miles of each other right. their costs can't i can't right. imagine they'd be different i mean so. st cloud isn't that far away no 
So it's not like we're talking no, about international no. falls. Right, right, so yeah. if you want cheap gas, go to Hastings and go to the M&H station because not only do they have 3.30 a gallon gas, but it's also one of the few broasted chicken retailers oh, 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 in the chicken. upper Midwest. Which now is you're talking. Actual, yeah. Made by an actual go to broasting you machine. Got it's chicken. not yeah. just wow. a label. That's pretty cool. It is cool. Oh, Quick Trip actually has surprisingly good rotisserie this would chicken. Be, yeah, they're, they're good, but... Roasted chicken. No, we're arguing about roasted chicken. Listen, for roasted chicken is an important topic. Look really at what is. you can learn on the I podcast. Know. Well, I will tell you that it's funny that Michael Bryan called in today to talk to you about gas prices and all the rest of it because, as my personal attorney, here's what I say, I hear Michael say all the time. I'll say something, he'll go, Whew. <laughs> <laughs> I love that attitude. You, When I say something really off the wall to somebody, I love it how you go, Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> I just love that, Michael. No question about it. So, what do you think of the show today? You've been listening a long time. I have not. I just got in the car and drove, and have been driving. I've been on the phone with people all the time. Saw the three ninety nine and thought I would call Doug and have him explain it to me. That it's Doug's fault. I wish I had a better explanation. I just have a guess. <laughs> But I think it would make it's a great news fault. story. I'm surprised they didn't My guess it. is they can't really find an answer. There's so many yeah. different yeah. there's so many different um, variables to it. But then again, I'm like, well, that's still a story. Explain yeah. that to people. But listen, they only pay me to run my mouth over there. That's, that's it. right. Right. Me too. That's the whole deal. So they don't go, you got 22 minutes, ad lib, go. That's it? I mean, that happens more go often. Than, it happens more often than you think. Does it really? <laughs> yeah, and it's usually when the S is hitting the fan. Like the computers have gone down and oh, yeah. we can't roll video or can't do commercial breaks or something. And then at that point, no, you whatever, you you just go, yep. oh, okay. Do you like that? Is that fun? I, I do, actually. Because, you know, some people are good at ad-libbing. Yeah. Other people, if it's not written down, they're just, I, they just don't I'm know what to do. I'm far more energized on a, on a breaking news day when there's something happening that's yeah. we're throwing the scripts away and we're just, you know, going on the fly. I think that's why a lot of people would get into what I do. Yeah. Not to sit there and read the same thing for six hours straight every day. F you, San Diego. <laughs> hey, whatever works. That whatever happens, works. That happens. All. I can't believe we've only got nine minutes left. That blew by. It's odd. You get a room full of highly verbal people and time goes Doug, do you fast. feel you often are ever talking about cars? We do from time to time. Yeah. Okay. Is, it, is that frustrating to you when it gets off topic? No, no, no. I, it doesn't bother me at all because, I, you know, I want people to know that it really is an ad and we do sell them. But I always, it, it has to be something interesting. I don't want to pitch, you know, a really boring model or, you know, we've been talking a lot about electric cars lately as a side because there's a lot of interest in yeah. it. And the, and the electric car market has doubled this year to 6%. Yeah which is a pretty explosive growth, and people have a variety of, of feelings about it. We've managed to politicize propulsion systems and automobiles for some. I don't know how that happened, but yeah. um, but it's there. So, I, you know, no, it doesn't frustrate me. Well, you know, oil's been politicized for, what, 1,500 years or right. so? Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. You know. yeah, that's a, it's good it's been a while. It's just a, plus, it's just a long-term commercial in the end. I'm sorry, caller, you're breaking up. Can you call back on a different line? <laughs> See, he knows how to do it. He does. He's got it dialed right in. You're, uh, you're a seasoned veteran right there. I will tell you the trick that it, I'm sorry. Uh, I think yeah, you lost the, the engineers. It's back during the recession. 
every news outlet in town wanted to talk to car dealers, and car dealers were just scared to death. And I said, you know, I think we can kind of use this to our advantage if we sound like the voice of reason. Yeah. It's just it's brand building, right? Yeah. So if you don't mind. Um, and he says, let me think about it. A week later, somebody came in from 9 or 11, I think, and was interviewing one of the salesmen in the used car lot. And this was the summer gas went to yeah. 4 bucks a yeah. gallon, and everybody yeah. freaked out. And the salesman goes, yeah, this isn't really the lot anymore. We call this the cemetery because I don't know how we're going to sell these. <laughs> well, Paul Walter saw this, and he goes, okay, from now on, media calls. Doug, you talk to him. So I'm just like, and I screwed up the first one, and I realized quickly that, you know, when you get – when you do a taped interview, you, you might have 10 or 12 minutes of content, but they're only going to show 35 seconds. Yep. I mean, car salesmen yeah. aren't that exciting. No, so the very that first one, this all gets right, cut down, right. for your cut story down to 12 goes. seconds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whatever works. The very first one was about, they were asking about fuel uh, economy cars, and they asked about Priuses. And I, admit, I said, you know, if you got a pistol and a bag full of 50s, you can't buy a Prius. They're all sold out. And of right. course, that's what they put in. So I'm like, I see how this works. And then you guys always do the same thing. At the very Ooh, end of the interview, guys. they'll say, is, so there the any, is there anything that you wished I'd asked you? There's some yeah. variation of that question. Yeah. So if you're really, and in my mind, it's like, hey, this is really what I want to talk about. And I could usually kind of slide it into the story a little yeah. bit, but it was fun. And it worked really, really well. It was, uh, got so bad that David Luther called up Paul and said, you know, those aren't news stories, they're advertising. <laughs> and Paul goes, they're only ads if you pay for them. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Anyway, it was it was fun. And that never happened in America anywhere before. Yeah. You know that. I mean, that's really? true. I didn't know that. Oh, we were the first ones to ever do what you and huh. I do. Oh, really? Oh, God, yes. Nobody had ever done something like that. Well, first of all, I will say quickly, and, and you know, if Michael's still with us, he knows this would be true as well. Because I, I was in radio for, for about five, six, seven years, and then I got out of well, I didn't get out of radio. I got fired again. But anyway... <clears throat> I took a job at Capitol Records doing promotion uh, for Capitol Records in the central part of the United States. So I learned how to do business, you know. So then when I came back to radio, all of a sudden, most radio people, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but most people will not even talk to clients. They'll oh, say I hello. Know. It's really, they might do a spec ad, but that's about it. But yeah. that's about yeah. it. Yeah. They won't go to dinner with you. They won't hang out with you and all the rest of it. But I had become so accustomed to dealing with customers that I was very comfortable with it. Well, all of a sudden, Doug comes along and Michael Bryan comes along, and you know, you just go down the long list of people. And I, you guys, I could see the look on your face like, you're gonna talk to us. I can't even believe that. Well, I, I the first time everything. I met you, I was intimidated, and we were doing a script that I wrote, and I'm like, God, I've never met this guy, I've been listening to him like everybody since the 80s. And, we sat down and we did something, and I don't remember what the line was, but I wrote a couple of funny ones in there, and you started laughing. And then we finished the spot, and he goes, nah, shit, I'm sorry about that. Let's go back and do it again. I was laughing. I said, don't take that out. Yeah. <laughs> Leave that <laughs> exactly. alone. That's because it goes back to yeah, that. Yeah, because then it sounds fun and mm -hmm. it makes people lean in. So, Well, I mean, that's it. I, and now... I have all these friends in the business that I've made. You know, and Doug and I have become very, very good friends, not because we work together or because he buys commercials or because I'm on a, you know, we just, our wives get along really, really well. And the same with, you know, the Mike Bilskys of the world, and you get on the whole list of people. It's, I don't like Bilsky. I don't care for Bilsky. <laughs> Plus, he gets that good stuff from uh, Colorado. 
Who Bill You know, the does? chocolate bars. No, on the duck. Oh, duck, oh, yes. Yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I I was thinking about Bilski on marijuana. Boy, wouldn't <laughs> oh, that be boy. something, Andy? Mm. Let me think about it again. Bilski after hitting the geef. No, that ain't working. That's no. never going to happen. No, maybe a beer. That might be a little different. Can I tell the uh, the uh, Las Vegas weed story? I would love to hear that story. So it's a great we were story. out there a few years ago, and it was legal. In La- it first became legal in Las Vegas, and KQ is doing a listener trip live radio show. So we're hanging out one night. A couple of people at the station say, hey, let's go down to the dispensary and check it out. So we're like, okay, you know, I wasn't a user, and but i just always curious how it works. So we get there. And there's a big, I mean, the security in these places is incredible, oh, especially huge, in Vegas. Yeah. And when you think about it, it's a cash business. Right. So there's double checks before you get in. And we're standing out in line, and, you know, Tom's behind me. There's a couple of people behind him who are just talking. And, and this guy behind Tom goes, excuse me, are you Tom Bernard? He goes, why, well, yes, I am. He goes, yeah, I lived in Wisconsin 30 years ago. I used to listen to you all the time. I haven't, and I heard that voice, <laughs> and they said it must be 30 years. It's amazing. Yeah. I can see relatives of mine five years later, and I'm like, who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> Good, Jess. My son, ladies and gentlemen, right there. My son, Andy. Wise Keeping guy. it real, man. Keeping it real. All right, you got three minutes to wrap it up there, Dougie. Well, we can feel the question from the listeners. Yeah, let's do that. This is supposed to be an interview with Chris, but, you know. <laughs> I jacked it a little bit. bit. He can uh, come back. <clears throat> that's true. You can always come back. You just got to bring all the cameras and everything, though. What's the listeners? What's the questions? Uh, Joe wants to know if you've ever thrown your leg at anybody. <laughs> no, but I do often take it off for little kids who are in the TV uh, station yeah. and entertain oh, them cool. with it. That's I'm phenomenal. like, here, kid, and then you watch their face just <laughs> drop. That's fantastic. Is, is the reaction then, generally negative or positive? Uh, negative. Oh, yeah? Or, uh, positive. Oh. Very generally oh, really? positive. Oh. Uh, little kids. And then the little kid holds it, and I take a picture of the kid. I'm like, <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I kind of like the fact that you watch certain, and it's on, you know, three or four different channels, but guys who have lost limbs in the war or whatever, they will not wear long pants. They'll come in wearing short pants. Uh, uh, there's a guy on Fox, Joe, I can't remember his name. I can't remember. Joey something. But he lost both legs. Yeah. He stepped on an IED. IED or yeah. whatever the hell it is. But he always wears short pants. Part of that is not necessarily showing it off. It's a practicality thing. Oh, really? Okay. Because you have to futz around the thing like constantly. Oh, you do. It's okay. super uncomfortable. It doesn't f- never never fits right. Oh. Okay. And so part of that, if you're wearing shorts, you can just you know slap you know pop the thing off. And but part of it is they're, they're not, you know you're not hiding anything. I love see I love yeah. that about it. Hey, look, kids, it I don't have any legs. It demystifies it for Absolutely. Kids, you were thinking sure. of Joey Jones. Joey Jones, that's exactly who it is. Of yeah, IED related. Stepped on night, and the guy next to him died, as a matter of Oof. fact. Jeez. But I do like the facts like this is who I am. Yeah. You know, that's why I loved it this morning when I read that story a couple days ago about this twelve year old get got hit in the head by a pitch, goes to first base, sees the pitchers crying, walks over slowly, gives him a hug and goes, Don't worry about it, you're fine, I'm fine. I know. I that was I've been talking about that story for three days. Yeah, I, uh, that <clears throat> it's um, real and honest. Like, um, as we tend to get in in our industry, particular industries. I'll show. I'm sure it's this way in the car industry too. But you get very, I don't know. You you feel like you you don't get emotional about things anymore. Yeah. And, and you just kind of like, you know, you're trying to look for what the like. Okay, what's the what, what right. you know what really happened here or what like the, I watched that and I was like, holy crap. 
and then they cut to the parents, and you're like, you know, every one of the parents up in that stand <laughs> oh, yeah. was first going, well, what in the hell is he doing? I know. And they were probably like, you know, again, the the, play, the pitchers that side were that probably like, so oh, great. get up, you're fine, you know, after the kid mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> got hit. And I to see it that, it's, it, was, it was really cool. It was really cool. And again, maybe we should follow the lead of For 12 sure. Year olds. What about that? For That's sure. Not a bad plan. For right? sure. What, take long showers in the dark? Yes, that's it. That's exactly what I meant. All right, homie, you got to go. All right, that wraps up another exciting episode of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. I am going to be in Montana next week, so there will be oh, no show. Yes. Do you ever? Are you ever not on vacation? It's it's work actually. Uh huh. Although we are going to the Yellowstone Club. Oh, what a shock! Is Polly going to be there with you? No, no. Andrew's loaning us this place. So oh, those that okay. you, those that might not know, oh, it's a very exclusive. Hang out for ultra rich people. It's on the back sky, a uh, backside of Big Sky, Montana. And I'll I'll tell a, uh, a Yellowstone Club story really quick. Andrew Walzer, Paul's younger brother, has a place up there. And ten years ago or so, he, his kids were pretty young, so he dropped them off at the rec center. He and his wife went skiing for a few hours, came back to pick them up, and there's about fifteen or twenty kids. They're ten to thirteen. And one 45-year-old guy, and they're playing dodgeball. And the 45-year-old guy is just picking kids off left and right. It was Phil Mickelson. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently he's a competitive dodgeball player as well. Who knows? Bruce Willis. That's right. Probably had a buck or two on the game. Yeah, probably yeah, too. Yeah. Oh, he's a big gambler. Oh, yeah. Probably the over-under. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you on Monday with the family.